at verse number one, Psalm chapter 17. Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry, give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Uh, that phrase there, verse one, hear the right, it, it's a, it, it's really a courtroom term. Courtroom term, uh, hear what I have to say. So David here is writing this. He really, it's a prayer from David. And he's talking to the judge, the jury, the executioner, a.k.a. God. Verse number two, let my sentence, once again, kind of this, are you getting the courtroom feel here? First couple of verses, let, let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Verse three, thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. Tried, are you, are you getting the court? Okay, it's, it's really throughout these first few verses. I am purpose that my mouth shall not transgress. Verse 4, concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand, them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me, from the deadly enemies who compass me about. They are enclosed in their own fat. That's just a lovely verse, isn't it? With their mouth they speak proudly. They have now compassed us in our steps. They have set their eyes bowing down to the earth like as a lion that is greedy of his prey and as it were a young lion lurking in secret places. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword, from men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou hast fillest, or belly thou fillest with thy hid treasure. They are full of children and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. This evening, I want to preach a message to you entitled this, Protect Me. Protect Me. Dear Lord, we love you. Please be with us tonight. I just ask that as we look at your word together tonight, that it would help each and every one of us, and that God, when we walk out of this Sunday night service in a little bit, that God, each of us would leave having made a decision, having tried to hear from you tonight, and Lord, hopefully being a little bit better as a Christian as we go through the rest of our week. Please bless us tonight in our service in your precious and wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Um, I enjoy watching football. Uh, how many football fans are out there? Okay, a few of you. Um, I love uh, watching football. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm an addict, but I do enjoy it. And uh, just recently, uh, there was a quarterback for an NFL team, and he had an Instagram post. Now, how many of you have Instagram? Any Instagrammers out there? Okay, how many don't even know what that word I just said was? Okay, a few of you. Perfect. Uh, I, I don't really, I, I'm not a big social media guy myself. Uh, my wife will post from time to time. I always ask her to make sure she's posting me in a good light, okay? She usually says that she is. I don't look at the post, so I have to trust her. And uh, so we, we understand Instagram and this quarterback for, for one of these NFL teams, he posted an Instagram picture. And in this picture, uh, it was with one of his wide receivers. And, you know, they were tagged in that picture. But then, sneaky, sneaky, if you were to scroll over the picture and you were to scroll over the quarterback, of course, it's the back of him. He's holding, he's got, you know, his arm on his receiver. If you were to scroll over his body, 
there was a tag for another football player on another team who was an offensive lineman. And so he was basically trying to low-key put out there on social media, hey, you need to come play for our team and protect me. Because if you've ever played football, you understand the concept of the quarterback needing to be protected. And uh, I, I, I one time I was on a flackle team. That's basically flag football. I know, it's not the, it's soft, okay? Flag football with pads. So full pads, full contact, except if you are the ball carrier. And uh, I was the quarterback, not because I'm any good, but because everyone else was not good at quarterback. So I just was default the quarterback. And uh, I'll never forget, uh, we're in a game, and, and every time I say hike, there is the other team, whatever color jersey they are, it's like every time I say hike, they are already holding my hand, trying to grab my flag, trying to not tackle me because they're not allowed, but tackle me instantly. And, and so it was happening every single play. And I'll never forget, I finally called, we got into the huddle. And of course, I'm looking at my linemen who are much bigger, stronger than me. And I remember looking in their eyes and I just death screamed at them. You have to protect me. They're all over me. Somebody blocked someone, right? And and as we read this psalm, that is what David is begging God to do. David is begging God, saying, God, will you protect me? Will you look out for me? Will you watch out for me? And so this prayer of David is a simple one. It is a simple prayer. God, will you protect me. I want you to look at one verse tonight. This will be our main verse. And from this, we're going to look all over the place. Are you guys ready? Raise your hand if you're ready. Okay. Stretch it out a little bit. Okay. Massage the brains. Here we go. Look at verse number eight. I was reading this in my Bible a few weeks ago. It jumped out at me. And I just thought I'd share this truth with you tonight. The Bible says this, keep me as the apple of the eye. Now we know that phrase. How many have ever heard the phrase, the apple of your eye, right? We understand that phrase. We usually use that phrase to refer to something that is valuable to us or precious to us. And so really it kind of comes from this passage here. But if you notice the wording, and this is what jumped out at me, it says this, keep the apple of the eye. It doesn't say apple of my eye, your eye. It says apple of the eye. If you were to research this, and I did, so you can... Hopefully you trust me, but if you don't trust me today, you can do some research on your own. If you were to look at that word apple, and you were to go back to the original language, the apple of the eye, believe it or not, is actually the pupil of your eye. The center of your eyeball. And I think we'd all agree, your eyes are very important, correct? Very important. You lose a finger, that stinks. You lose an eye, it stinks worse. Okay? Think about a lot of crazy jobs out there. In a lot of crazy jobs, what is one of the main requirements when you're working that job? Eye protection. Uh, I remember taking uh, chemistry. How many took chemistry in school? How many failed? Don't tell me, okay? Uh, I remember taking chemistry a, in, in school, and, and we had the goggles. Uh, of course, in our class, we were a bunch of crazy lunatics. So our, jo- our goal was to get the ugliest pair of goggles, the biggest ones, because for some reason in our minds, if you looked weird, that was actually cool back then, right? And so in chemistry class... Putting on the eye protection. And and you think about most jobs. You you may not be wearing gloves. You you may not be wearing really that much protection. But 
if you are wearing something, it's, it's glasses, something to protect your eyes. And so when he says, apple of the eye, keep me, God, is the apple of your eye. He's really saying, God, I want you to protect me like I would be the center of your eye. Are you ready for something more interesting about that phrase? If you were to research that phrase and you were to look up the original Hebrew, of course, you're going to see right away it's pupil. But that phrase, apple of the eye, has another connection to the Hebrew word that is daughter. A lot of times a daughter was considered the apple of the eye. Someone who needs protecting. Of course, I have a son and a daughter. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't ever protect my son. I'm protective of my son. But can I tell you, I'm more protective of my daughter. By the way, you say, why is that, Brother T.D.? Well, eventually he's going to be a man, hopefully, and he will have to do the protecting. Are you all with me on that? Um, Most parents do not look at their daughter and say, hey, your job today is to protect your brother. They don't say that. And you, if you've had one of each, you probably didn't say that either, but you did look at your son and you said, son, even if he was younger, son, you need to protect your sister. And so as we see what David is saying, David is reminding God, God, will you keep me as the apple of the eye? Will you protect me and watch out for me? Uh, Sometimes as well, we think that asking God for protection is a weak thing, especially men. Because as men, in our minds, if we have to have someone else protecting us, that makes us feel weak. I can't protect myself. Some of the men in here are like, some some of you just got elbowed by your wife right there, okay? They've heard you say that. As, As men, sometimes we feel like, well, I need to protect myself. It's my responsibility to protect everyone else. And that certainly is true, but... There's also the spiritual side of life. And it's more than just physical protection. See, we need spiritual protection. And that's when God has to step in in our lives and help protect us. And so sometimes we get in our mindset, well, this is a a thing of weakness. Um, Let's think about this. Who's writing this? David. Now, sometimes we get in our mind, David, ooh, the little harp player. The little shepherd boy. Yeah, the guy who killed a lion. You done that lately, fellas? Okay, by the way, not a gun. No, he didn't use that. You killed a bear lately, fellas? (laughs) David was not some weak dude. In fact, I believe it's eight or nine different battles are recorded in the Bible. And you know, every time David went to battle, guess what happened? He won. Um, Have you read a story about David and Goliath? He killed a bear. He killed a lion. He killed a giant, a guy so big. No one is, none of us have ever even seen a dude that big. And he killed them. Uh, By the way, you want to dig a little deeper? Have you read that story? Some people would argue maybe there were some supernatural things going on. I don't know. It's not said that God helped him in that. I think he was a bad dude. He could protect himself. Uh, He wanted to marry Saul's daughter. So what did he do? Go out and kill a couple hundred guys. Um, Here's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes in our life, if we're not careful, we think by us going to God... Begging God for protection is maybe a sign of weakness in our life when in reality it's a wise and smart thing for us to do. David here realizes I need to, I need God to protect me 
in my life. And so with that in thought tonight, I'm going to give you a couple areas, of in, our, couple areas in our life. And, and, I, and maybe you already tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and I don't know. I don't know your spiritual life. Maybe every single day you already pray for God's protection. And if you do that, awesome. You can literally ignore the rest of what I'm saying. But maybe you're here tonight and you have not been praying for God's protection tonight. I'm going to give you five areas in our life where I believe we need to constantly and consistently be reaching out to God and saying, God, will you protect me in this area of my life? And so if you're here tonight, I just that's going to be the challenge. So you already know what you're getting in for. Um, for the rest of the message, okay? Now, don't tune me out. Some of you already did, okay? Here we go. First area. Number one, protection from ourselves. Protection from ourselves. Um, at the end of the day, most of us, our worst enemy is ourself. Um, of course, we, we, we live in the flesh. And the flesh is constantly trying to get us to do things we shouldn't do. We have a heart that the Bible describes as desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? So really, when it comes to protection, the, the, the person that causes TJ the most problems is not anybody in this room tonight. The person who causes me the most problems is always me. And so I want God to protect me from me. Think about this. Did David have a bigger problem? When Saul was hunting him? Was that the biggest problem in David's life when you think about the Bible? No. Biggest problem of David's life when he was actually the king sitting in the palace while everyone else went to battle. And he finds himself in all kinds of trouble. David caused it. It was David's decisions. And so we want God to protect us uh, from ourselves. Um, we talked earlier about football players. Football players, when they go out there, they wear pads, do they not? Okay, I'm coaching soccer. Uh, I've already told our guys, we got practice tomorrow. Unless the smoke continues to get worse, air quality is not good. Everybody breathing all right? Okay, good. And uh, I'm, I, for the first time, I could smell it today. How many can smell it out there? Yeah. And, and so I told our guys, we got soccer practice tomorrow. Uh, make sure you bring shin guards. Because if you've ever gotten kicked in the shin, it's not fun. Okay. And so you, you have to have that protection. That's why God says, hey, every day put on what? The whole armor. You, you've got to suit up. You've got to protect yourself. By the way, some of you are sitting here tonight and you're thinking, is that a selfish prayer? Is it a selfish prayer for me to pray that God would protect me? I mean, certainly there's other people around going through so much more traumatic things. Shouldn't I be praying for them instead? Shouldn't I be praying for them and, and thinking of their needs, thinking of my wife's needs, my, my kids' needs, my family's needs? Before, can I tell you, so often in life, if you go down, the people around you are certainly not going to do well. God wants you to be protected as well. Leaders, have you thought about your own protection? See, if a dad is not careful, a dad thinks so much about protecting his family that he forgets to make sure he's watching out for himself. By the way, who do you think the devil wants to get in the family? If you're not careful and you're a ministry leader, you get so caught up in trying to help other people. But if you're not careful and you're helping of other people, the devil gets you. 
You ever been on a plane? You ever been on a plane and they give you the little the pre-talk, right? How many ignore the whole thing? Put your headphones in. Okay, thank you, Erica. Erica instantly just, <laughs> that's me. Okay? When they talk about the masks, you ever notice that? When they talk about the masks, if you have a child, you, adult, when, what do they tell you? Adults, put your mask on first so that you're breathing because if you die, how are you going to help the person next to you, correct? You have to protect Yourself, And so if you're sitting here tonight thinking, well, Brother Tito, that might be a little selfish. In reality, it's not selfish. It's actually thinking of other people. You have to protect yourself from you. And God above will help you do that. That was number one. Everybody survived number one? Number two, protection from pain. Protection from pain. Um, (laughs) Me and my brother have a crazy relationship. Growing up as teenagers, um, our house was kind of set up very strange. In fact, some of you may didn't, maybe didn't know this. I grew up in a log cabin. How many didn't know that? Yeah, it's like a hunting lodge. Okay, you walk into my house growing up, there's dead animals everywhere. Okay, I took my daughter to visit. She loved it because there's a fox, like a fox rug on one of the raptors. And she's like, fox! Okay, she kept asking my grandpa, well, my grandpa, my dad to get it down. And he's like, no. And so I, I grew up in this, this cabin. Like I said, you learn something new every day. And uh, the way the house was set up, me and my brother's room, we were kind of in this balcony. And it's a small room. We shared a room together, his bed, my bed, kind of small room. But you're literally in the top corner of the house. And so we had one bathroom in the house that was downstairs. So this was very weird. And don't judge me for this. This just was our system. Me and my brother's clothes was actually in my parents' room next to the, the bathroom. Because that's a long walk up to your room every day after the shower. So our stuff was right there. And so we would come home from church and, and we would, we had our shirts and ties on, sharp looking guy. Well, he's ugly. I'm a sharp looking guy. And um, I hope he's watching tonight. And uh, so we would come home and, and we would get changed. And it's, we would do this. I don't know why we did this. Only guys will understand this. Every lady in here is not going to understand this tonight. But the fellas do. We, we would take our shirts off and we would just start slapping each other. Right? You just, of course, it's called a five-star. You call it a five-star because it leaves uh, a handprint on them. And so, you know, and, and we would actually get into it. it. It would be like a challenge. It's like, come on, bring it on, and just let them smack you. And, and it's like, and we used to say this phrase, I love pain. <laughs> of course, you have literally giant hand welts all over your body. You must love pain. And, and we were just stupid like that. Um, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but it was just a good story. We understand in life there are pains. How many have ever had a physical pain before? Raise your hand. How many have had an emotional pain before? Raise your hand. We understand what it means to go through pain. And I don't know about you, I don't like going through pain. I don't like to. I don't want to. I wish for every single person in this room that life was always painless. I wish that. I pray for that. Um, I pray for that in my family. I'm sure you do as well. We don't like going through pain. And so something we need to constantly be asking God for is protection from pain. Protection from pain. 
Now, I, I do want you to understand this. That there are a couple types of pain and hurt that happens in our life. By the way, I think the guy's got the verse. Can you get Jeremiah 29, 11, fellas? There it is. The Bible says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace. At the end of the day, God does want us to have peace in our life. God, God doesn't want us always to go through pain. Um, I, I wrote three thoughts down. Some pain, however, is allowed by God. We do know that. We're not ignorant of that. Sometimes things come into our lives, and the only thing you can think of is God has a reason. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm having to go through this. But obviously, if it's in my life, then God must have a reason for the pain that I'm going through. That is a real thing. And by the way, if you read your Bible, Job. Is there not a better example than Job? Who Did he go through pain because he was a bad person? No. But he went through pain um, because God allowed it into his life. So that is the thing. Psalm 147, verse 3. Uh, he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. We know God's there for uh, Psalm 34, verse 18. Uh, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. So we understand that as we go through life, even though none of us want to go through pain, sometimes God allows pain into our life. I want you to notice also, though, some pain is caused by us. It's not a God thing. It's a us thing. We have messed up. We have made a mistake. We've made a poor decision. And the pain that we feel is a result, a consequence of whatever it is we do. We avoid that kind of pain by asking God's protection. Protect me from me, right? We just said that. Another pain is... Pain caused by others. It's not a God thing. It's not a God bringing into my life. But someone else did something to me that was out of my control, that was out of my hands, and it brought pain. That can happen, can it not? Once again, how do I avoid that kind of pain, Brother TJ? By asking for God's protection. Can I give you a simple illustration? It's really stupid, but I think it'll help you understand. How many of you like getting a shot at the doctors? Anybody like getting shots? Yeah, nobody raise your, nobody? I love pain. Okay, where are you at? Okay, I guess I'm the only one. Uh, by the way, I don't really like getting shots either, uh, but I try to have that mentality when I'm in there, you know. I also tell the nurses, maybe you do this, I, I tell the nurses, don't awkward pause. When you're about, every nurse does that, it drives me nuts. You're about to stab me, and so like as soon as you're about to stab me, you just go silent. It's like, how was your day? And you're talking, and then all of a sudden she's like, okay. Crickets. Ah! Okay. I tell the nurse, I'm like, just don't stop talking. They're like, well, try. They, they can't really. They struggle. I always like having someone in there, you know, you could talk to. Just take my mind off it. Let's talk about anything but what it's about. The pain, pain is about to happen. Some of you are like, Brother Titi, you're soft. Yes, I am. How many have ever had a tetanus shot? Tetanus shot. I, I think we could all agree. Tetanus shots are important, Correct. Um, I've had tetanus shots where I went in knowing, knowing today I'm getting a tetanus shot. And I've looked at the doctor and I allowed the tetanus shot. And did the tetanus shot hurt? Certainly. Okay. Isn't the tetanus shot the one you have to rub into? You know, you feel that and you're like, eh, okay. We've been there. Um, That's much better than me taking a rusty knife and stabbing myself then having to go to the hospital and get a tetanus shot. 
Everybody understand this. One was allowed. God brought it in. I can't control it. God's bringing something my way. I can deal with those pains in life. The worst ones are this. I caused pain in my life, and now I'm facing the consequences of it. The same thing with a tetanus shot. Uh, it's bad enough if I stab myself with a rusty knife, let alone JT sitting over here. JT stabs me with a rusty knife. And I have to, JT, would you never, never do that, by the way? Okay, thank you. He stabs me. I have to go to the hospital and get a tetanus shot. Same pain, but a whole lot different in the way it happened, correct? whole lot different. So pain is something that comes in life, and I don't know about you, but I want God's protection so that I don't have the pain that I've caused, and God can help me with pain that someone else may cause, because I believe God has the power to stop that before it ever happens if he wants to. So we've got to understand that. Everybody with me so far? Two down, three to go. I'm going quick. Number three, protection from enemies. Protection from enemies. No doubt David understood this concept. David, for years, had a guy hunting him. Saul, trying to kill him. David understood what it meant to ask for protection from enemies. Not everyone, unfortunately, in life has our best interests at heart. And sometimes people want to cause problems in our life. And the only way, truly, one of the only safe Surefire ways to protect ourselves from that is by God. God protecting us from people in our lives who may try to hurt us. I could give you multiple Bible characters. Moses was protected from Pharaoh. David here, protected from Saul. Three Hebrew children, protected from Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel, protected from Darius. Paul and Silas, protected in multiple situations in the book of Acts. These were people who God protected them from enemies in their life. Uh, In our lives as well, there's protection from enemies without and within. Think about Moses, book of Exodus. They're, They're heading out of Egypt. It's such an easy picture of an enemy from without. The enemy from without, that's the tyrant. It's Pharaoh. The guy who's putting them into slave labor, the guy who's killing their children, that's an enemy from without, correct? Who gave him the victory over that tyrant? God did. Also, you read a couple chapters later, they're at a mountain. And God on that mountain will write down some rules to live by. That's the protection from within. You've been delivered from the tyrant, the Pharaoh, without, but also you have this other side, the inward part of you, and you have to live right as well with that. So protection from enemies. Number four, everybody good? I told you we're going quick. Six minutes, Colby? Uh, Question mark. I think I can do it. Here we go. Four and five kind of go together. I'll give them to you together, but I'll talk about them separate. Am I legally allowed to do that? Sure. Why not? I'm running the service. Amen. Number four, protection from temptation. And if you want to write number five, protection from sin. Protection from temptation, protection from sin. Matthew 6, 13 Jesus Christ gives us the model prayer. Pray like this. One of the verses, he says this, and pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A prayer of protection that we often should pray is, God, today, will you protect me from temptation? God, will you protect me so much that the temptation doesn't even come my way. 
that I'm, I'm not even tempted, not because I'm not tempted, but because I didn't even, I, I never even saw that there was nothing. You protected me. You led me around the temptation. That's a pretty good prayer to pray. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, a famous verse. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, yeah, there it is. There had no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation always make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. We would sin a whole lot less if we were tempted less. We'd have a whole lot less trip-ups if God would protect us from the temptation. So I hope and challenge that a prayer you pray often to God is God protect me and lead me not through the temptation, but totally lead me away from it and and protect me from that. Um, If you take uh, a fire, fire always needs an ignition source, does it not? You're going to start a fire, you have to start it with something. Whether it's a firework, uh, gorge, a couple years ago, right? Uh, whether it's in, in the grill, you've got to have a lighter. A, a spark, a spark that starts the fire. And can I tell you in life, wouldn't it be nice if the fire of temptation was never sparked because God protected you from it? And then the, the last one, and I kind of group them together because truly, temptation and sin, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Protection from sin. James chapter 1, verse 12. Famous verses here that many of you would know. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted thee any man. Verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Verse 15. You know this verse. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished bringeth forth death. In our lives, I pray, God, don't just, God, keep temptation away from me, but also, God, when the temptation comes, protect me from falling into temptation's trap. Protect me from the sin. It is possible to be tempted without you sinning. Correct? We get tempted, we avoid it. God wants to help me and you overcome the temptations that we may come across. If you've ever watched the Olympics, I enjoy watching the Olympics. Um, how many have ever watched downhill skiing? Isn't that an intense sport? Um, for anybody who's ever skied, I, I, I've gone snowboarding and I feel like I'm going fast, but you see how fast those, those Olympic skiers are going? They are just flying, flying down the mountain. And of course, a lot of times they have the course. And that course meanders through. And really, the people who built those courses, it's not very flippant. It's not like this one. All right, let's put up some cones. Okay? It's very organized. They know what the difficult turns are. They know what the easier stretches are. They know what the hardest stretches are. And a lot of times, if you notice on those mountains, when there's a really hard turn, a hard turn, a hard corner, that they know those skiers are coming down quick, it's a tough spot, maybe they, it's a blind turn, whatever it is, they know what the difficult turns are. Oftentimes, what do they put over on the side of the mountain right there? A lot of times fences, sometimes nets, because they know this is a spot where if they're going to crash, this is probably the spot 
where they're going to crash. And when they crash, we want to catch them. We do not want them to go flying off of a cliff on the other side, correct? In our lives, be aware of where in life those temptations are coming from. And set up nets. Set up boundaries. Set up things so that you know, hey, this is, this is an area of temptation that seems to keep... Come, God, keep me out of that. But, but God, when I'm in it, if I find myself in that temptation... Have those boundaries set up. Something I've often taught our, our, our teenagers here, and you can disagree on, on me on this. This is why your standards are so important. If you have a cliff, okay, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, they have a lot of areas where you can look at the Grand Canyon, but they have a lot of areas that are fenced. They keep you from basically falling off the cliff. Now, if you were to jump over the fence, you, in essence, just jumped over the cliff. So in your life with standards, it's so important, and I believe this to be true. Set your standards far away from the cliff, so that if you were to fall over the fence, you wouldn't fall off the cliff. Yeah, you fell. You made a mistake. But better that one than the destruction that sin brings. The destruction that sin brings. So in our lives, God wants to protect us. Joseph's a good example, by the way, of avoiding temptation. He was tempted. It happened. But he ran away from it. So in our lives, we pray for protection from the temptation, but then also the protection. God, when I am tempted, don't let me fall into that trap tonight. Are you challenged? Some of you are going through life in your own power. And you think, well, I'm strong enough. I'm strong enough to handle this pain on my own. I'm strong enough to handle this temptation on my own. I'm strong enough to overcome the enemies in my life on my own. But can I tell you from someone stronger than us, a guy named David, that wasn't his prayer. His prayer was this, God, will you keep me as the apple of the eye? God, will you protect me? Will you watch out for me? And I don't know about you, I look at these thoughts and I think, man, God, I want you to protect me, my family, my home, my personal life, I hope tonight, if you already aren't, if if daily, weekly, you're not asking for God's protection in some of these areas, I want to challenge you tonight. Would you start maybe? And and truly, get God on your side as you're going through life. Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed with heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's do this tonight. Let's all stand to our feet with heads bowed, eyes closed. Piano players heading up here. With heads bowed, eyes closed, piano's going to play. And if tonight you need to make a spiritual decision, the altar's open. As the piano plays, you come. If you're at your seat, maybe tonight you're struggling, you're facing pain, God wants to help you. Maybe tonight you know your greatest battle is with you. It's with you. Maybe you need to ask God to protect you from yourself. I don't know what God's speaking your heart about. Would you do business with the Lord tonight? Just a second, Pastor Justin will come and he'll pray and close our service.
you so much for the TJ. I appreciate that. If you can be seated, um, we have a video we want to share with you. Um, and then, of course, our deacons will be having a deacons meeting uh, after the service as well. And thank you, Brother TJ, for that message, and uh, appreciate that. Let's watch our uh, video, and then we'll be dismissed tonight. We're gearing up for school to start back up and are planning a back-to-school Sunday on August 27th at 11 a.m. On the special day, we'll have inflatables for the kids and backpack giveaways. If you would like to contribute school supplies, we will be accepting donations to be given away to public schools in our area. If you are interested in donating to aid and scholarships for Grandview Christian Academy, you can give online at grandviewcares.com forward slash give. Awanas will be starting back up on Wednesday, September 6th. Every week, the children will get to play games and get prizes for completing workbooks and scripture memory. Throughout the year, there are fun-themed nights where the kids can dress up according to the theme. Awanas is for children 2 years old through 5th grade, and there is an annual club fee of $40 or $20 if the children already has a uniform. Our Level Up Teaching and Training modules will be held next Sunday night, August 27th during the 5 p.m. service. Come and choose two modules on various topics from the lineup. Don't miss the special time of training with something new for every Christian. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. God bless you. I hope you know God loves you and this pastor loves you. Let's take these uh, practical uh, principles we learned tonight and let's just spend some time with God in prayer this week that God will help us. Let's have a great evening. God bless you. You are dismissed. Mm